Thank you, Jaquetta. I love that song. It's good to be reminded of the fact that God loves us. He knows us completely. He knows us better than anyone else, and he loves us. Uh, thank you, Pastor Rebecca, for your prayer. Thank you, Chris and Abby, for leading us into worship. Welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. So glad that you joined us today and that we can be together. Uh, remember, after uh, this uh, time together is done, it will be available both at Facebook and on YouTube so that you can share it with anyone uh, that you would like. You know, this week I've been enjoying that song that we sung this morning, Graves into Gardens, and the reminder that God is the only one who can do this. And I want to actually take us there in the scripture a little bit so that we understand uh, what we're referencing with that song and and what we're singing about, because I think it's really helpful uh, in this time. So we're going to just title today's message, Graves into Gardens. And it seems appropriate this week on the Christian historical calendar is the Sunday before Pentecost. Next Sunday will be Pentecost Sunday, which is the day that we remember 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus and the followers of Christ were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come, just like Jesus predicted. They were together in one place Uh, the way that Jesus had um, told them to be. But why would people, ordinary people like you and I, do such a thing? It's really important for us to just remember what's going on. So Jesus had come with a miracle birth, fulfilling prophecy in all these details of his life. He lived an ordinary life for most of his life, and then he revealed himself as the Messiah. He did miracles. He taught truth that have been passed down for thousands of years now that are life-changing truths. People that had personal interactions with him were completely changed. Their personal, even some of their personal interactions with him were, were quick. They were short. But their lives were forever changed and fulfilling the prophecies of Scripture about a Savior who would be a once and for all sacrifice so that our mistakes could be forgiven, we could be washed clean, we could be removed of guilt. Jesus died as fulfillment of that and was raised back to life on the third day, confirming with another miracle that He is who He said He is and that God had accepted his payment for our sin. This was a earth-shattering, historically recorded miracle that had occurred. They spent, over 500 people spent time with the resurrected Jesus for more than a month, and then he gave them specific instructions. We, um, and and one, one thing that was in their mindset was not only his resurrection, but also what we see in the eyewitness accounts was in Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 through 53, we saw that when Jesus died, that there were graves that were opened and there were people of faith who were brought back to life, who walked among them, who some of which would would have been there 
to see the resurrected Jesus, to hear his report, and would have been there on that day of Pentecost, where what Jesus told them was going to happen did actually happen. And so they they had this, they, they knew people, they talked to people that were raised to life. They had been dead, they had been buried, they had been in a graveyard, and yet their tombs were open and they were brought back to life. And who knows what, what flowers bring is, as in God's nature, life adapts, life has a way, and flowers grow, and, 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 even in a place where people have been buried. I, I was reminded of that. We had enjoyed Keith's memorial yesterday, and it, it, that time reminded me of uh, a friend of mine who passed away suddenly years ago and uh, was buried in a beautiful um, setting where there were flowers uh, growing, where there were plants, where there were trees. And that, um, you know, I'm not a person who frequently goes to uh, gravesides, but in, in the case of, of my friend David, um, my job wouldn't allow me to get back home to be there for his memorial service and so it wasn't until uh, much later that I was able to go to his graveside and, um, you know, have moments of closure, moments of thinking about him, moments of of um, reflecting on what I learned from his life. And it's really something when you go to a place where people have uh, their bodies, physical bodies have been buried and there's plants around, there's flowers around, there's something peaceful, there's something wonderful um, about it, but this idea of graves into gardens is uh, something that is actually rich in uh, scripture and in God's redemptive purpose. So I just want to kind of return us back to the story where the followers of Jesus had obeyed his instructions. They were waiting in Jerusalem in this room, gathered together, praying. They were focused on Jesus when the day of Pentecost came that, that uh, you see in Acts chapter 2. Now, they were doing that because they had found Jesus to be miraculous, life-changing, uh, but also because of his specific words, which we see in Acts 1, 4 through 5. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Continuing in verses 7 through 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we're going to come back to that um, in a little bit, but I want to also remind you of a deep prophetic meaning that resurrection and an opening of graves had for the Jewish believers that were hearing this that would have explained it to the Gentile believers at this time. And uh, for that purpose, I want to turn to uh, Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, the prophet Ezekiel is speaking to the tribe of Judah about their nation of Israel during the time of King Zedekiah and Israel's captivity in Babylon. Remember, they had brought devastation on themselves by turning away from God. They were being called back into right relationship with God and being given a vision of future restoration. This included a view of the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ. They heard about this new covenant. They heard about heaven. And they heard about the glory of God living among them. And here's the, here's the vision. 
the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of God. That is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies. They still had no breath in them. Then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people. I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring back to the land of bring you back to the land of Israel. Now I, when this happens, O oh my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live again. Return to your homeland. Then you will know the Lord. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. A resurrection power was predicted to them. And it was a part of the prophetic imagery, part of the pictures that God had given them about what it would look like when they felt dead, when things felt impossible, when all hope was lost. All hope was lost for their physical safety. All hope was in their captivity in Babylon. All hope was lost for them to know peace again, for them to know hope again, for them to know love again, for them to be able to live life with family and friends in peace and to to be able to come and go freely. Uh, that, that This word of God, and I think it's relevant to us with what we are experiencing today, this word of God that there could be life where there was currently death, that there could be something new that God would do where there was currently oppression and depression and a lack of ability for them to have freedom both in the natural and in the spiritual. And it was connected to this message about a coming Messiah a new covenant, an ability to be forgiven, an ability to be made whole, an ability to also enjoy new life that was yet to come. And when people were raised from the dead and their graves were turned into gardens at the time of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, this prophetic imagery would have been in their minds. This was, uh, Ezekiel was a unique prophet in a number of ways, and it would have immediately 
been drawn to their attention. He had unique prophecies about the Messiah and about what it would mean that God could come and live among them. Now, we get a sense of this explained by Jesus himself. Um, and I mentioned it uh, yesterday for those of you that participated in Keith's memorial, which is still, by the way, available on our Facebook page and uh, YouTube as well. Jesus said this in uh, John three fifteen through 17. Everyone who believes will have eternal life. For God loved the world so much, he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. And at the time where Lazarus had died and Jesus was about to bring him back to life and Jesus experienced anger and anguish and hurt and pain and the tragedy of those circumstances, Jesus said this, John 11 verses 25 through 26. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Jesus was speaking about resurrection power, about spiritual life, natural life, new birth, being born again into receiving the love of God, even though people had felt like they were dead, felt like they were forever separated from the love of God, separated even in relationships as the consequences of their own mistakes and their own sins. People had experienced that. And Jesus was saying, that's not the end. That's not the end. There is a new life that is available because of God. This new spiritual life is something that Peter experienced himself. And I think it's so important for us to consider the real people that were there and how they experienced this. And so I want to look at 1 Peter chapter 1 because he's talking about how this affected his own life, where in his own life he had known spiritual death how he found this new spiritual life from Jesus. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1, and uh, starting in verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him 
and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This word from Peter is relevant to us today because he's writing to people that hadn't seen Jesus with their own eyes, heard Jesus with their own ears. And he's writing about people that were experiencing this new spiritual life where in the past, on the inside, in their life, in their spiritual life, there had been death. And so it's relevant to us today. But it, it, he is writing about salvation where you, you have already crossed the line of faith. I have been saved, I am now being saved, and I will yet be saved ultimately in the ultimate fulfillment when Jesus returns and we experience heaven. And so, but in that context, listen, these are real people that had anxieties, that had stresses, that found themselves caught up in, in selfishness and, and trying to please themselves and been ultimately disappointed through that life and, and felt the guilt of their mistakes. They felt the that lingering sense of being unable to clean themselves spiritually and start fresh. And, and they had seen in their relationships with other people, their relationships with God, that spiritual death creeping in and being something that they could not change themselves. And that's what this song, Graves in the Garden, in part is thanking God for bringing new spiritual life that only God can do. And here we are remembering the moment of the believers waiting, waiting for God, the Holy Spirit, to visit them, to give them abilities they didn't have in themselves. We're remembering those believers, those people. But we got to remember that these were people that had those kind of lives, that had experienced that kind of spiritual death. And what they had found, what Peter is writing about from his own perspective and in his own life, is that they had found that new spiritual life was available through God, just like Ezekiel saw the valley of dry bones where there was death, where there were people saying there is no hope. People were, And maybe you have experienced that in moments here and there as it relates to the issues of COVID-19 and coronavirus and the economic uh, damages and destruction that seem to be going on. And, and maybe you have felt at times there is no hope. What I want you to do this week and today is wait on God, the Holy Spirit, to focus on Jesus and receive the hope that comes from him and look to him. Let me be a little bit more specific in talking about how we should respond to this. First and foremost, receive salvation. It would be a mistake. It would be a mistake for us after all that Jesus has done for us, not each of us to have a personal encounter with God where we believe that Jesus is Savior, where we confess where we have been wrong, where we ask for God's forgiveness, where we make Jesus Lord. Becoming a Jesus follower is receiving salvation, receiving new spiritual life, the thing that only God can do. So first, receive salvation. And I would encourage you to frequently, daily, Think about your salvation, what it means, the benefits, the results of it, to bring yourself to that moment of receiving it. 
and, and what it should do is it should produce joy. It should produce the, the attitude that Peter is writing about here, that no matter what happens in this world and in this life, heaven is my home, and there will be a day. There will be a day when Jesus will return. And when Jesus returns, there'll be no more pain. There'll be no more suffering. That heaven is my home. That even if I experience death in this world, there is life. I will live on. I will be aware. I will, will live on in the presence of God. There will be reunions with other people that we will recognize. There will be creative expression. There will be joy. That is a part of salvation. Receive what God has made available to you. Receive it. You don't have to do this. It's, it's nothing that you do to deserve it. It's waking up to what God has already made possible for you. So number one, receive salvation. Number two, focus on Jesus. This is what we see directly included in the definition of life-changing faith in Hebrews 11 and 12. And when and written for people that were encountering challenges that were beyond their control, the call to the very specific words there are focused on Jesus. I know that there are a thousand reasons every day for us to not do this, but I'm calling you to do this. Focus on Jesus. Put a one-minute timer on your phone and just have a moment of silence to focus on Jesus. Who is Jesus? What do you believe about Jesus? Is Jesus truly the way that God has expressed his love for us? What does it mean, his death, burial, and resurrection, his love, his call that we would love God with the best of our energy and love our neighbor as ourselves, that we would live on a mission to share this love with other people. Focus on Jesus. The Spirit of the living God will help you. Number three, allow resurrection into any area of death in your life. Here's what we see from the Garden of Eden throughout Scripture that when we sin, when we miss the mark by doing or saying something that we should not, maybe having something in our heart that we should not, or maybe not doing the right thing, not saying the right thing, not bringing the right thing into our heart. When we miss the mark, it introduces spiritual death. Because what it is, death is a separation of the spirit from the body. When a person passes away, that's what happens. It's a separation. But that's an analogy uh, for what happens spiritually. When sin, when we miss the mark, without the sacrifice of Jesus, without receiving the cleansing flow of, of the blood of Christ, and without receiving that new life, we experience spiritual separation. It also, um, just like in the case of um, infidelity or lying or gossip or um, anger or violence, it causes separation in relationships. So that this is true in our relationships with people, and this is true in our relationship with God. And this is true with what we carry around spiritually, what we're feeling spiritually, what we're going through spiritually. And so it's critical that we 
confess the sins, turn away from them, do whatever we need to do, remove whatever we need to remove so that we can allow this new spiritual life into into every area of our personal life, of our family life, of our home life, of our world, that we can bring the resurrection power of God, this new life that we see in the Ezekiel, the Valley of Dry Bones and the resurrection of people at the on the day that jesus died and the resurrection of jesus himself this resurrection life needs to come into our area and so i would just encourage you in any area of your life where you are experiencing death ask god for change ask god for a miracle and wait on the holy spirit in that area just like we see in the upper room in acts one and two just like we see talked about many times over in the Psalms. Wait on the Lord. Bring that spiritual life into every area where there is death. And then fourth, our response to this is that we should speak life. You have an opportunity. You have a voice, whether it be with your mouth, whether it be with digital communication with your phone social media whatever you've got an opportunity to speak life to other people share the love of jesus what you've experienced to thank god for it and then share it with somebody else that is the way that it's brought to fulfillment that's the way that you can enjoy it the most speak life to someone else trust me there are people that you know that right now are experiencing anxiety and stress and depression and hopelessness and anger and discouragement and all sorts of things. And when you bring the miracle power of God into your life, then the next step is to share it with somebody else. I want to encourage us, make public what you're enjoying in private when you're enjoying the presence of god in private in 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 whatever it is if it's um sharing with somebody else about these sunday videos if it's sharing with somebody else about the small group if it's sharing with somebody else your favorite scripture if it's sharing with somebody else how you spend private time with god and how meaningful it is to you how much it helps you experience life and courage in these difficult times that we're facing right now share it publicly I've got no problem sharing publicly my favorite meal or things about my favorite person. I love so much seeing people this past week celebrate Rebecca, the love of my life, celebrating her on her birthday. Uh, it's so great for me to see and so wonderful uh, to know that my children are seeing her appreciated uh, because what they do see is that I, on a regular basis, I'm sharing with people privately and then publicly on social media. I'm sharing with them how much I appreciate Rebecca. I do the same thing with food, with entertainment, uh, with things that I enjoy. How much more should we do that about our relationship with Jesus? If God is bringing life to areas in me where there is death, share that with somebody. And also share it as it pertains to what you see that is possible, the new hope. Here's what I know. We serve a creative God who is the source of life where death currently exists. That's who we serve. And so even though we're facing a change 
and we're, we're facing things that are really different right now, the reality is spiritually God is at work. God is at work. There, are, there is in, in nature, in plants and trees and in different things, where there is death, life comes out of it. That's a principle that we see when we observe things in nature, in our surroundings, in our environment. The same is true spiritually. Out of the death of Jesus, there is a life, and it is not limited by how you're feeling, by the limitations on the natural world that you see. It is limitless, and it is real. So I want to encourage you, receive salvation, focus on Jesus, allow resurrection life into any area of death, and speak life. Allow me to pray for you. God, I thank you so very much that you give us the opportunity to be in relationship with each other, to share the challenges of life, the realities of life with each other. Lord, I ask that you would please help us. Help us hear your voice. Help us be aware of your comfort, aware of your guidance. Lord, we choose by faith today to receive the resurrection life of Jesus, to celebrate where in our own lives you have turned graves into gardens, where you are bringing about life where there was death. Help us today, help us this week to spend time with you, to clear the air, to remove distractions, to enjoy being in your presence, and then to share your life with other people. We ask for that help in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for uh, participating with this. Uh, thank you so much for uh, the ways in which you're communicating with each other uh, throughout the week and in, in our uh, small groups on Thursday. Uh, we love you. We care about you. Pastor Rebecca and I are available to schedule drive-up prayer. We're available to uh, serve you in whatever way that you can. Uh, if you'd like more information on Celebrate Recovery, on life groups, on um, prayer by appointment, or our upcoming, uh, this coming Friday, uh, grocery outreach, give us a call, 410-929-1619. Leave a message if we don't pick up. Uh, visit our website, cityharborchurch.com, for more information. Or hit us up on social media. We've seen a lot of people uh, interacting with us on social media this past week. Um, thank you so much. Uh, love you guys so much. Grace and peace to you. Have a great day.